0: Peace on this earth. We long for it, but it seems like an elusive target. Pastor Jeff on Where Hope is Found. Why are our streets killing
1: fields today? Why is there no peace in the Middle East, in South Africa, in the Sudan? What is going on with man's inhumanity to man? And they have all these great conferences, you know. These great peace talks that cost a lot of money, these Camp Davids that they've had so many times over and over again. And yet, every one of them have failed. And to a lot of people, they've just lost hope. There's only one answer, and it's theology, it's doctrinal. And yet, the Bible says the fool has said in his heart, There is no God. Your spirit leads me on And I'm running after you, you. I'll leave behind the worthless lies And I'm trading them for priceless truth
0: We are traveling through the Gospel of Matthew one verse at a time here on Sound Doctrine. Join the journey. Today, Pastor Jeff Johnson opens Chapter 5 and we'll have another look at the Beatitudes. Conflicts between people and nations have been ongoing throughout the ages. And then you might even look within and find unrest and turmoil yourselves. What's the solution? How can we as Christians help matters? Let's hear what Jesus has to say about being peacemakers.
1: This morning we're in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 5, verse 9. So Matthew 5, verse 9. Of course, we're continuing on in the Beatitudes. So the next one there is, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Interesting, uh, back in 1873, there was a gun... In the cowboy days a 45 pistol that was called the peacemaker and how in the world they came up with that I'll never know what kind of peace can you bring with a gun (laughs) I think guns are used to kill people Uh, maybe you brought fear to somebody because they saw you with big hog leg on your side and you're going to say hey watch it buddy you know and you're going to whip it out I'll, I'll peacemaker you you know And uh, so, scary, Uh, because I don't think, I, I think that the gun always brings fear and not so much peace in a man or woman's heart. Remember, these Beatitudes are revealed in Christian character. These Beatitudes are very examining. They are very evaluating. They're evaluating us even as we go over them. They're They're hopefully humbling us before the Lord, just letting us know how much we need him, yielding our hearts. I mean, as we're going along, it's just getting deeper and deeper. I don't know if you've noticed as we're going into these Beatitudes, but one stacks up upon another, and and as far as uh, just overwhelming, yes, it is overwhelming what he's asking, but built on one after another, it is possible And we're seeing that also, that Christianity is more than just hearing these things. Remember what James says? But we're to be doers of these things. So being a peacemaker is really another outcome of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Remember in verse 6, that was the key verse. remember we talked about the first three Beatitudes corresponding with the last three Beatitudes Verse 6 being the key verse, being the pinnacle of the mountain that we are climbing and then coming down on the other side. So poverty in spirit, which was the first one, goes along with being merciful. Mourning goes with those that are pure in heart. We talked about that. And now this morning, peacemakers goes along with the next one there. And the next one, of course, is meekness. These two tie together. Meekness and being a peacemaker. Again, the key is verse 6, being right with God, hungering and thirsting after righteousness, right with God, these shall be filled with God. And that's always the key, being filled with the Holy Spirit. This is Christ setting up his kingdom within us to accomplish through us what's called the Christian life. This is what makes it a reality. The bottom line, though, is the Spirit of the Lord. It's supernatural, and it's a supernatural lifestyle. When you think about it, when you really contemplate when we're living for Christ and being, like, being Christ-like in a very un-Christ-like world, that's Supernatural. It has nothing to do with us. It has everything to do with Christ in me, the hope of glory. So it's not by my might that I'm living a good life now. It's not by my power that I'm able to overcome things in this world and in my flesh. But it's by His Spirit, saith the Lord. So it's to God be the glory, great things He has done in and through our lives. And if if it was dependent upon us... Forget it. Come on, you know you tried to do certain things and you just could never get it together. Well, I'm going to clean this up, I'm going to clean this up, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. It just falls apart until the Lord came in and he gave us of his spirit. So being a peacemaker drives this truth home even more, I believe. This truth of it's by his spirit. It's the only way I can be a peacemaker. Now, to the Jew, this of course was a shocker because after all, Messiah's kingdom, they thought, would be a kingdom that would be military immediately. I mean, he would come in and just snuff the Romans out. It would be a national kingdom that would thrive and they'd rule and reign in the earth, and they were so excited. It would be materialistic, it would be set up then. But they were wrong. And the Lord tried to ease him into it. No, no, that's not right. See, remember, he said, I didn't come to set up a physical kingdom here right now on this earth, but a kingdom that's not of this world. I came to set that up in men's hearts. You remember John the Baptist? He was kind of confused about what was going on. And he sent, you know, he was thrown in prison. Here he was suffering. and, and um, But he knew Jesus was something special. So he sent a couple of men to find out, you know, what's going on? I mean, are you really him? He was confused because he didn't see it the way that all the Jews were looking for it to happen. And Jesus sent back the messengers and said, tell John that all the miracles you're seeing and what's happening, and yeah, I'm him. But remember when he was feeding the 5,000 on the shores of Galilee, after he got done feeding them and they were full, they sought to grab him and to force him to be their king, to set him up as king now. You will be our king now. You know? he, he, of course, wouldn't allow it. No, Jesus says here very clearly to us, blessed are the peacemakers. So his kingdom is one of making peace. It's not of being a warrior. It's not whipping out your Colt 45. That's not what it's about. And he even said, my disciples, you know, yeah, this is a warfare, but it's a spiritual warfare. And that's why they're not fighting in the physical. They're warring in the spirit, which is the the strength of it all, you know. It's the power of God. My kingdom is, is not of this world. My kingdom is righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Ghost, Jesus said. So what a needed beatitude for today. It's interesting. The church 100 years ago were very struggling as far as their understanding of theology and doctrine. And, and, and they tried to study the beatitudes. I mean, they really got in to the Gospels. And they wanted to see these things happen. They wanted to put it into action immediately. And they were, it was so misunderstood back then. They would read it, and they'd think, well, this is what we need to do. This is the good news. This has nothing to do with theology. And they started to kind of frown on the epistles and what Paul was saying. He's too legalistic. He's a male chauvinist, or, you know, and they didn't quite like what he was saying. He's bringing so much doctrine and, and this theology. Come on, this is where it's at. This is what's real. This is the more morality of it all, the ethical things that we need to start doing The Sermon on the Mount. We don't need theology. Yet the real truth is that the peacemakers are blessed. Why? Because they are the children of God. Think about it. They're the children of God. They're different than anybody else. In John's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 12, he says, And as many as receive Jesus Christ, he gives you the power to to become The child of God, the sons of God. What a powerful thing. When we receive Christ into our lives, we become God's children. And this is theology. This is doctrine. A man, Jesus said, must be born again from on high. This is not something you just take on as, as, just, oh, this is moral, this is ethical. Let's just set this up. We'll just be peace. we'll make peace, and everything will be fine. No, that's not how it works. And yet, today, we hear so many people crying out peace. I know when, when I was a hippie, we were crying peace. Hey, peace, brother. And we would put, we would go up to the officers and in their shotguns, we'd put in flowers right down the barrel. And we'd back off, and then we'd find a bottle or a rock or something. And when they got in a good distance, we would let them know. Peace, brother. I mean, confusing times. But then the Bible says, peace on earth, goodwill to men. Come on, what's all that about? Where's the peace on this earth? It's not around. So from the very beginning... There has been war. In fact, we know by the scriptures that the war began in heaven. And we know that war was with the, our arch enemy, Satan, whose name was Lucifer, who, when the angels were created, were created, were created by God with a free will like we were, whether to serve him or not to serve him. They could turn their backs. And Satan says, I will be. You read it. Isaiah 14, the five I wills of Satan. I'm going to be like the Most High God. I'm going to, and he raises himself up and says, I'm going to take up the throne, you know. Whoa, whoa. You know, God says, you know, in heaven there's only room for one God, and I'm it. You're out of here. And we know what the Scripture says because even in Revelation 12, it says one-third of the angels were cast down with Satan, kicked out of heaven. War began. My will is in rebellion with God's will. Remember with Adam and Eve, as Satan comes to Eve and says, Oh, Eve, the reason that he won't let you eat of that that fruit is because he knows that as soon as you do, you'll become like him. You'll be a God tempting her to partake. So man chose in the very beginning to rebel against God, to go against what God says. God says, Don't touch that fruit. Man says, What fruit? Where? And he chose to rebel. He's at war with God today. The war continues to rage within man. And that war is first where? With God, isn't it? Man's at enmity, at war with God. And then he's at war with himself. He's not a happy camper. Then, because he's at war with God and himself, he's at war with his fellow man. And he just lays it in, man. He's just always on the, you know, nobody's going to take from me. Nobody's going to get, you cut in front of me. Oh, man. And and then they go off. He's troubled. Cain turned and killed his brother Abel. In the very beginning, murder. Yet to fight against God. The Bible says it's utter foolishness. For man to fight against his maker. Because when you think you're winning, you're the loser. I mean, what do you think you're gaining by continuing to fight with God? You're always the loser in that. Because sin abounds, the Bible says, hearts are hard and man is at war. And in this century, we're on the verge and so many men are so afraid of a local nuclear warfare. Can that happen? I thought if somebody pushes the button, it's going to happen all over the world. No, it is going to be local. They've got control on this nuclear stuff. And this nuclear stuff doesn't have a lot of fallout for years and years and years. You just clean it up right away. Scary times that we're living in. Days that uh, are full of hatred and turmoil within men. There's total discord. They're not agreeing. They are angry. They're full of hate and war in their hearts. And they want to bring down the nation Israel. Of course, the answer to all of this warfare is theology. It's always been. It always will be. What do you mean, Jeff, theology? Well, the study of God, the, the whole thing of the doctrine of sin to understand what that is. The issue must be dealt with. So the peacemaker is called. He is a new man, the Bible says. He comes upon the scene. James says it like this in James 4. He says, From whence come these wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence, even from your lust that war in your members. You lust, you have not, you kill, you desire to have, and you cannot obtain. You fight and you war, yet you have not because you ask not. And man's problem has always been sin. His lust, his greed, his selfishness, his self-centeredness, he's carnal. Carnal is a a term for the flesh. He's in his flesh. And Isaiah proclaimed, There is no peace for the wicked. None. Pretty strong words. The man who is in sin is full of anguish. Over in Romans, Paul makes it very clear for those who will turn their backs upon the Lord. He says in verse 8, But unto them that are contentious... This is uh, Romans 2, 8 those that are contentious, who do not obey the truth but obey unrighteousness, here's what's going to happen. You're going to have indignation. You're going to experience wrath, tribulation, and anguish upon every soul of man that doeth evil to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. And there is a promise that's pretty heavy. Because you are at war with God, war with yourself, and war with your fellow man, you're going to live a life of anguish. Paul going on to talk to the Galatians said in Galatians 5. Now the works of the flesh, they're manifested. They're, they're these adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, which is including drugs, hatred, variance, emulsions, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revilings, and such, of which I tell or I have told you before, as And I'm telling you again, he says, they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So clear. Those in the flesh, those in the spirit. These will not inherit the kingdom of God. These will inherit the kingdom of God. So the world's problems are understood in the doctrine of man and sin and a study of God as far as has man rebelled against God? What happened? What took place? Why are our streets killing fields today? Why is there no peace in the Middle East, in South Africa, in the Sudan? What is going on with man's inhumanity to man? And they have all these great conferences, you know, these great peace talks that cost a lot of money, these Camp Davids that they've had so many times over and over again. And yet every one of them have failed. And to a lot of people, they've just lost hope. The talk over in Europe and in the Middle East is when you see a a troop of cars going by, army cars that have the UN on them, they go, oh, there goes the United Nothings. That's the confidence they have of, you know, the United Nations is bringing peace to this world and getting it together and policing those areas. They're called United Nothings. There's only one answer, and it's theology. It's doctrinal. And yet the Bible says, The fool has said in his heart, There is no God. And man continues to think, Well, the problem is the the political unstableness in that country. Or economically, they're, they're, they're unstable. So this is the reason why they fight and kill one another. So we need to kind of politically help them. We need to economically help them. And, of course, socially, the, there's just a breakdown. So we've got to build up their society. And yet they spend so much time trying to do these things, and yet nothing takes place. Oh, they see a little bit of hope to keep them pouring the money into it. But time is ticking away. And remember... We've always been looking at this from day one that we have been looking at the real issue. It's within man and it's the heart of man. It's always been the real issue. It's a hard issue. Turn with me to Romans chapter 7. And here Paul really discusses this issue. Romans 7, verse 14. For we know that the law is spiritual, but he, Paul confesses, I'm carnal, I'm in the flesh, sold under sin. For that which I do, I allow not. And what I would, that, I, that do I not. <laughs> what I hate, that do I. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Now, then it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwells in me. For I know this, that in me, that is, in my flesh, dwells no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would, I do not. But the evil which I would not, that I do. Now, if I do that I would not, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwells in me. So then he says, so I see this law. I find this law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. So I I want good. I want peace. I want everybody to get along. (laughs) But there's a war within me. And I'm struggling within myself to, to see some peace in my own heart and in my own life. And yet we know that he goes on in verse 23 there in Romans 7, and he says, But, but, I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind, bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. And then he cries out, O wretched man, That I am who shall deliver me from this body of death I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord so then with the mind I myself serve the law of God but with the flesh the law of sin he's understanding the warfare within but he's notice he's reaching out beyond himself because (laughs) the only hope is outside of self it's not going within and learning about the God within you man when you go within you're going to find a wicked heart You know, it's not self realization. If you're gonna have any realization, you're gonna realize you're a wretched person. And that who shall deliver me? (laughs) It's outside of myself. I need something outside of myself to deliver me from myself. That's the problem. Until that heart, until that fount, you know, that source of man is changed, nothing is going to happen. The problem is not in the stream, guys. It's not downstream either. It's right at the source. The root of the problem is sin. Any other way, any other answer besides what Romans 8 goes into, and when you got Romans 7, you got Romans 8 to follow it, and therein lies the victory. And that victory, as you study it in Romans 8, is in the Spirit. And that's the only way it's going to
0: change. Pastor Jeff Johnson speaking today on the Beatitude, Blessed Are the Peacemakers. We've learned today on Sound Doctrine what the answer is to the mess that we find ourselves in. Well, here's our toll-free number, which you can use to order this study on CD and other helpful resources from us. It's 800-353-7553. Again, 800-353-7553. We also house all of our Matthew messages online at sounddoctrineradio.org. How's your devotional life going these days? Could it use a kickstart? Well, allow me to recommend daily devotions with Calvary Chapel pastors. This collection of daily devos will edify you as you read God's inspired Word. You'll hear people of God pour out their hearts, sharing personal experiences of God's faithfulness. It's authored by Chuck Smith, Skip Heitzick, our own Jeff Johnson, Greg Laurie, Ral Reese, Mike McIntosh, Don McClure, Joe Foch, and many more. Simply give us a call at 800-353-7553. Or you can order it online through our e-store at sounddoctrineradio.org. Go online to sounddoctrineradio.org and click give. Well, there is much more to come in Matthew. Set aside a half hour each day as together we open and study the Word with Pastor Jeff. Sound Doctrine is furnished on this station by Calvary Chapel Downing. So, Father.